Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast interview series for Fix Your Funnel. This is Trent Chapman and today I'm here with Jamar Johnson. How you doing, Jamar? I'm doing great, Trent. Great. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Jamar, he, he's a guy that is very passionate about his business. I, I think as we all are as entrepreneurs, passion is almost a requirement in order to, to see that drive and success. Um, but Jamar, you've got an interesting story. Um, you haven't always been working in your own business, but you've always had a passion for what you're doing now. So tell us, what is um, what is your business right now? What is it that you do? So our company is called Community Basketball Leagues, and we run a national uh, adult-based, uh, which is kind of like a fusion between recreational and semi-pro uh, basketball league. And it's also known as the CBL Exposure League. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what the business is. So basketball and that's, and that's in your blood. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Indiana, the great state of Indiana. I'm a Hoosier at heart. Um, I didn't go to Indiana. I went to university of Nebraska, which is the greatest college in the world. <laughs> Just let me add that, um, greatest university in the world and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I grew up in Indiana as a basketball state. Um, so yeah, a lot of my success and and you know my life story begins around that whole thing of basketball so it's you know i'm just glad to be able to be doing what i'm doing today so would you say that what you're doing today is something that you enjoy because of the aspect that's connected to a sport you've always been involved in what what makes it the most enjoyable for you i mean obviously money is great and the drive to provide for your family but what what is it that has really been exciting for you to be in this in this specific nature industry well you know i i feel like i am ushering in a new era in in basketball in recreational basketball and what i mean by that is um i'm, I'm bringing this level of play to the 21st century to this new age that we now live in with technology and stuff and we're just doing a lot of different things that hasn't been ever done in the past um, on this level. And, um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And, um, just to be able to, you know, work in something that I've always loved and, you know, basketball has always been so good to me. It's allowed me to travel around the world, uh, meet a lot of great people, um, and just, you know, provided and open doors in a lot of different ways for me, um, from business and life perspective. So, uh, this is my opportunity to give back to the game and, and, um, you know, and then also, you know, being a great business. So you, you played basketball um, in Nebraska, right? Yeah. So and you went on to do uh, professional worldwide. So I played a little bit overseas, played in the CBA, which was the Continental Basketball Association, a little bit before it folded. Mm -hmm. um, but then I got into coaching and I was a grad assistant coach at Nebraska for two years. Um and then after that, I was just kind of burnt out. So I got into the business field and, um, you know, business was something that I've, I've always, always wanted to do since I was a freshman in college. And um, the reason being is because, you know, I grew up, uh, my mom worked for a company for for 22 years. And, um, you know, one day she she went to work and her and 400, 400 other people 
um, were out of work. They, the company had left town, chained the doors, and left comp town and moved to San Juan, Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I remember the call that I got when I was in college from her. And, you know, she was just terrified. She didn't know what she was going to do. That was all she knew was, you know, she was a factory plant worker mm -hmm. and, um, you know, made great money and provided a, a great life for me growing up and everything. And I just remember that moment. And, and I just said, I never want that to happen to me. Yeah. So, you know, although I've worked in corporate America and, and um, you know, I've, I've had some pretty great jobs and worked for some pretty great companies, I've always had that in the back of my mind that, you know, I always have to keep something going on for me just in case. And, you know, we just live in an economy and in a world today where, you know, you don't see pe people working 30 and 40 and 50 years for a company anymore. No, that's true. And that's, that's something know? that I, I find with entrepreneurs that most of them have this understanding that, you know, if I want to create security, it's not working for somebody else and getting a, a pension because we're seeing that that's not necessarily working out for a lot of people. Um, so it is it is true that entrepreneur um, type of mindset does create more security, even though it feels insecure for us at sometimes, especially yeah. in the beginning stages. You're like, this is crazy. What am I doing? And you, you were that way in 2008. You got started basically when the economy is dropping out. The um, worst time. <laughs> so how did, how did that affect you as far as your mindset and how did you keep pushing forward when things were really slow at the beginning? Well, you know, first of all, let me say this. You know, there's a lot of smart people out there um, that say, you know, hey, that's the best time to start a business mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, number one, I didn't know that. And I never heard that before. When it's a bad economy, that's a great time to start a business. Um, and number two, you know, I just wasn't that smart of a guy, <laughs> you know, just to be honest, you You're know, just so, a doer, huh? yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just a hardworking guy, you know what I mean? I'm passionate about things I do, you know, I get involved with two feet, you know, in that kind of thing. Um, and that was what got me through. And, um, after, you know, maybe in 2010 and 2011, yeah, I was looking back on that saying, yeah, you know. The fact that I did start the business then and, and we were able to make it through and be profitable a little bit at that time, mm -hmm. that was a huge, huge plus for me. But at the time, I didn't know. And I, that wasn't my rationale and thinking, oh, yeah, it's time for me to start a business. Yeah. You know, it was just more of a situation where, you know, uh, I went back home to take care of my mom because she was sick, you know, with breast cancer at the time. Um, and thank God she's in remission. That's great to hear. Um, but, um, yeah, I was, I was there to take care of her and I needed, you know, I, I was doing some wellness consulting for a company, but then when that economy thing just went, start tanking, you know, I was the first thing to be cut from the, the company's budget, you yeah. know? So I had to do something and, um, you know, I went back to what I know, which was basketball. And I had this business plan that I had wrote in, in 1996, <laughs> I, I wrote. So this that's when you decided plan. you wanted to do a uh, community basketball leagues was 1996. 1996. But, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I just had so much going on in my life with my family, you know, at the time. And and uh, so you just put things on the shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. And then when it came down to it, it was like, it's time to do this. That's great. You know, well, that's the thing is sometimes those ideas incubate for a while and sometimes they're a little premature and sometimes it's just right on time. Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like you and, and the time. blessing. Yeah. And the blessing and the, and the great thing about, you know, for me was that, 
you know, from the first year that we launched and we did this, I mean, it was just a success. I mean, we had a, a, a player waiting list of about 32 players the first year we did it. And then ever since, you know, it's just been growing and growing and growing um, each year and stuff. And so, so now what did you guys do last year? You said there's about 900, 950 players last year in your league. So that was that was just our registration. Okay. Um, um, but we ended up having 36 teams. We grew our team um, count 61 by 61 percent last year. Great. Which was which was huge in itself for us. Um, but yeah, so now we're just trying to get to a point now where we're just, you know, trying to get to that critical mass stage of scaling. Um, and we think we can do it now because of, like I said earlier, we're just leveraging um, you know, the different technologies out there that is just really, really working for well, us. Let's talk about technology. What did you start out with? I mean, you, I talked to you before, and you mentioned that you guys started with just a basic website for registration, going into a basic CRM. Um, oh, man. So what were you doing before? So, yeah, like you said, the basic website. You know that that saying they have in the, in the IT, you know, computer-based business world, which is, you know, if you're not embarrassed of your first website or, you know, campaign or whatever, then you wasn't doing it right. And let me tell you how hugely, I mean, I hope nobody ever digs up the first website we did. I'm actually going to go look for it. You know, you can look at, there's a... Yeah, yeah, I know, but don't, don't, you know, don't put that out there right now. (laughs) But no, I did, I did our first website ourselves, and it was just, you know, just pure done out of love and passion from a kid that just wanted to make something happen, you know. And um, but man, just looking back on that and what we're where we're at today um, from a technology standpoint, you know, it's, it's just an awesome feeling for me. And, and I'm happy and, and we're going to continue to get better with everything that we're doing from that standpoint. And and not only just get better, but, you know, technology, as you know, it's just one of those things you got to stay on top of. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, because it changes so fast. Yeah. Well, when, when did you get into working with Infusionsoft and using that as your CRM? Because before you mentioned to me, um, you used Constant Contact for years. Yeah, and yeah. That, that served its purpose. It was a great basic autoresponder, contact management. But what, what made you made the shift to go with Infusionsoft and make that leap? Well, let me let me say this first and foremost. I wasn't even using the autoresponder um, technology oh, really? that was in, yeah, I was just using it when Database, we needed to make an announcement, when I needed to send a mass email. That was the only time I was using that stuff. Um, the website that we had, I had no type of lead capture, lead generation type of functionality on it. So it was just, uh, you know, man, you know, looking back on all that stuff, it, it was crazy. You look you back know, and you what, say, how did I even make it with all the mistakes? Exactly. I made? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, that's what that's what hard work, um, you know, and perseverance and just just keeping to the grindstone and grinding because it, you know, as you know, as an entrepreneur and stuff, it is a grind sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get to a point to when you can delegate some responsibilities that some of that grind feeling goes away. But for the most part, it's a grind. Yeah. And um, but no. So we uh, we transitioned to Infusionsoft about two years ago and. Infusionsoft is a beast. And um, the thing the thing that, you know, Infusionsoft that, that got me, you know, once I seen the demo and went through all that kind of process, you know, I was just totally sold on it. But once we actually implemented it and launched it and all of that kind of stuff, you know, I got quickly, I quickly became very, very confused. 
Um, and it became confusion soft. And then it became frustration soft. And then I just, just for, I remember for like two months, I just did nothing with it. So what was it that you were sold on? Was it the automation and being able to just make everything happen automatically? Is that what got yeah. you? Yeah, it was, it was the automation. And then once you, you know, started implementing, you realized, man, this automation stuff's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not only is it a lot of work, but coming from, you know, what I was using before, I just wasn't, you know, it wasn't an easy transition for me, you know, and, yeah. and some people, you know, they have an IT background and they can transition into that kind of stuff real smoothly and pick it up really fast. But um, it was just so much that it could do. And you really got to sit down and you got to think, OK, how do I want, you know, who I'm speaking to, my audience to process and interact with this system? Yeah. And how do I want it to flow? And and that's that's I mean, you really have to think like an architect. And, you know, from that standpoint, when you're building that out and stuff. And then when you get to that point where you say, hey, I wanted to do this and do that, then you got to learn how to put the functionality to it. Yeah, you know, that, that's critical what you just said there, Jamar, because a lot of people miss that. And, and like you, like most people I talk to, when they get first involved in FusionSoft, there's, they've got the, you know, this great dream and vision of what it's going to do for them. But then they get into the software and they forget about that and they get so confused and overwhelmed with all the things that they can do that mm -hmm. they end up doing a lot of things halfway or nothing at all. And so yeah. here's, here's what we've learned is in our own business – I, there's probably about 50% of the software where we never even used it or looked at it or even touched it for the first few years we even ran our business. And we've, we've had, we have three Infusionsoft apps for different businesses that we run. And the first one we got was in 2007. And I'll tell you what, we only use two functions of Infusionsoft with our real estate training company. And those two functions gave us so much leverage, so much power that it mm -hmm. allowed us to not have to hire three to four other people when the economy was a little bit rough and things were tight, we were able right. to get going with business and automate processes that in the past you had to have two to three extra employees just to run those processes. So for us, yeah. it wasn't using hundred percent of the software. It was using the two things that give us the most leverage and automation. And we just focused on drilling down on those until those were working well for us. For yeah. you, um, it was, it's, it's probably going to be different than what is for our business because every business is different. But for us, I'm not going to even tell you exactly what it was, but you can think for yourself in a real estate automation business. The reason I don't tell people usually is when I tell them they think that they need to implement that part of Infusionsoft right. in their right. business. And I don't want that to happen. I want them to say, you know what, I need to take a step back. I need to look at my business model. Exactly. What am I doing? What are the processes that I do repetitively that could be automated that would give me the most bang for the buck? I'm not saying you need to look to ways to get rid of your employees because I, I, I value our employees right. immensely. They've... They've given me even more leverage, you know, in many different ways that automated software can't. So they do have their definitely their place to create um, opportunity for your company to grow and a culture where people feel heard and understood and recognized. So we, we totally love our employees, but at the same time, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we also have to think about bottom line and what's the budget and what do we have and where it's going to give us the most bang for the buck. If I implement this one part of Infusionsoft, it might be a tiny, simple um, thing that it does. But what will that do for my increase in, in, in conversion, increase in lead generation, increase in um, recurring sales with my existing customers? So I've got to look and see. Of all the options out there with Infusionsoft, what is that 5% of the software 
that's really going to give me the most bang for the buck. And we, we're actually going to be focusing a lot on that. We have an event coming up in March. I don't know if um, you'd heard about that, Jamar, but yeah, in March we have this event that we're, we're really focusing on helping um, those who are using Infusionsoft really dial in on what is the next 5% of the, the software I should focus on. Because I, I can guarantee, Jamar, you've got a great system going. You've already told me before this call all the things you're doing with Infusionsoft. I have no doubt that you're now leveraging the technology appropriately, but what's the next 5% for your business? And that's the thing that we always keep asking ourselves is, okay, now we've, we've fixed this problem with this one thing. Now what's next? Instead of trying to say, hey, there's 50 things we can do. Let's tackle all 50 of them at once. We, we've got determined that we have the most success and the best long-term growth by just doing one at a time, perfecting that one thing we've identified as our biggest weakness, our biggest opportunity with automation. So for you, what was, what was that, um, that hinge? What was it the Infusionsoft that you ended up finding out that was most valuable for you for a standpoint of automation? Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to say it like this, and I think I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there, business owners out there will kind of resonate with this, and which is, you know, when we start off, we, we don't have the luxury like you guys of having employees. So what we have to do is in turn be able to multiply ourselves, yeah. you know, create more of, of us. And that's where I found myself at with, um, you know, Infusionsoft and, and really trying to leverage that is because we were constantly getting, you know, I was constantly getting the same kind of emails, the same type of calls, wanting more information, wanting to know this and that. So, you know, Infusionsoft allowed me to tackle that. Yeah. But the caveat to it was it also allowed me to implement a sales process to it as well. Because before I would just get a call or get an email and I would answer a question, <laughs> and but there else. was no sell. You no know what I mean? No sell. Yeah. Yeah. So and and then my sell was me sending out the mass communication or the mass email saying, "Hey, you know, sign up today." Yeah, you treated everyone well, the same. Once a week. List. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just allowed for me to you know put it all into one and and really you know create that type of functionality where now you're getting that conversation, but you're also getting uh, the sale as well. You know, the sales story, the sales pitch, if you will, um, to try to convert, you know, them into a, a buying customer. So you, you, bring up, uh, you bring up a good point though. And it's something you said that really st stood out to me. You mentioned, you know, not all, not all entrepreneurs have employees and have that luxury. Um, and there's a process that I want to show it's just three steps. And many people have heard this, but they may not think about it when they're actually implementing um, leverage in their business and, and to any any part of your business whether it be your sales your customer support whether it be your onboarding of new clients or new customers there's a process that you have in place now for you as an entrepreneur Jamar you basically did everything yourself you were the process you were right. it. so what we've identified and this is you'll learn this in MBA school any other you know high level education on, on business there's three steps to get to um, the highest amount of results from um, whatever processes you're using. And one is to actually write out your processes. So what's your process mm -hmm. for getting a new customer? What's your process for converting a customer? Yep. And once you have that written out and detailed, you'll also find that you have some holes. And that's a great thing that part of writing out a process is like, you know what, I could do this, this, and this. Perfecting your process is the first step. Too many people, they do this. They say, you know what, I wanna get a new customer this way. And they start to try and leverage technology before they've identified their process. So right. it's always process first, very detailed, very specific. And then you say, okay, within my processes, what can I automate? What can I use technology to automate? 
And then mm -hmm. I'm going to throw that into the mix. Okay, I've, I've decided this is the way I'm going to attract and convert new business, and I'm going to use this process, you know, A to Z to do that. Great. Now, these five steps of this process, I can actually automate and not have to do it manually every time I talk to somebody. Okay, so right. I'm going to leverage, you know, technology to do this automation. And then here's the third step of actually leveraging yourself, and that is removing yourself from the process one step further, which is now that I've got the, the process exactly how I want it, I've got technology leverage. Now I'm going to throw an employee into the mix. And you'll notice that our cost goes up with each of those steps. With processes, it's just your time. With technology, it's a little bit of money every month. And with an employee, it's obviously a bigger chunk of money. But as you refine things, that's how I've been able to step out of my businesses. And that Ryan and I can now focus on the higher level um, activities in our businesses because our processes are very detailed. We leverage technology to the point where now we have employees that can manage our technology and the rest of the process because it's very clear, it's very step-by-step, -step, and now it doesn't yep. require me as you know Trent Chapman or Ryan Chapman as the business owners to clone ourselves. We've actually done the cloning process through writing out, creating like the leverage of technology, and then hiring other people. So I just wanted to throw that out there for those that might be feeling like, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to step out of my business. I'm always going to be trapped in the business. There is a definite way that almost any business owner can step out. Obviously, there's certain professions where you're a surgeon or a professional that requires your actual inter interaction. That part of your business you can never step away from. But in most businesses, you can actually step away from 90% of the activities you've been doing and still have the profit margins that you want when you're applying this process over and over in different areas of your business. So that was, that was my little yeah. segue into the next question I have for you, which is, and um, I know we're kind of running out of time here. I know we've got some other stuff to go on um, after this call. But what what have you been using um, as far as Fix Your Funnel? You used Fix Your Funnel for a few months now. What what part of Fix Your Funnel have been using? Um, a lot of people may know about our different options we have as far as online sales. We have our one click upsell software. Uh, for those that do outbound sales calls, we have a built in dialer that ties into Infusionsoft. Inbound lead capture through text message and through phone. But you, you told me you're just using one part of that, and it's made a huge difference. Again, the five percent, you know, of the technology is all you really need to get the big return on your investment. But what is it that you're using in your business um, when it comes to fix your funnel and the technology that we provide? Yeah. So the the main thing that we're using right now is, uh, you know, the conversation piece to where we can, you know, they, this inbound text to us, and we can register our players um, with that based on the conversation that we have with them. And then our next phase that we're going to be transitioning to um, is going to be the one cell, you know, upsell um, technology. Upsell. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, you know, it, it is, let me just tell you this, you know, so like I was telling you before, um, every year before we start our new registration campaign, we do a deep scrub on our list. And what we do is we go through all of the, um, players and, and, and people really in our database. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we look at their activity. We look to see if they're, you know, reading our emails, if they're engaging with us, if they bought any products, you know, signed up for, you know, any of our leagues, any of our, you know, events, whatnot. Um, so we, we did that this year and we got it all the way down to about, you know, 1,275 players. And we launched January 5th, our new uh, player campaign um, for registration and stuff. And within two weeks, we were tracking, you know, close to 20,000 players nationwide. Mm -hmm. Now, the year before and in years past, 
um, we've probably been anywhere from 700 to 950 in the years past. And you're tracking you know, 20,000 this year? And we're tracking 20,000. <laughs> that's that's how significant your your technology, the fixed the funnel technology is. Um, so you're using, you're using the, the text messaging to get people to register versus sending them to a website. You, you still have your website. Exactly. But you're finding we're that still, more people are using the text message to register for the league? Because – it's what it's, it's it's what our demographic is using. It's where they're at. So in, instead of trying to you know, you know, bring the horses to the water, we just decided to take the water to the horses. You <laughs> That's know, awesome. and um, so so we're we're leveraging that technology, that text messaging technology. Um, you know, and and we're just saying, you know, we're pushing them from Facebook, from all of our social media sites, from Twitter. Um, you know, from our website, when they sign up for an email, we, we say, Hey, thanks for registering, you know, text dunk CBL to, you know, our number. Um, and then they text that to 20, we tell them to text it to 20 or more players in your area. So you're getting your, you're getting your, um, registrants to now be your evangelist and say, exactly. Hey, have your friends is, text this is, number as well. Which is why <laughs> our, which is why our registration is morphing at such a rate. That's awesome. That's just, know, that's phenomenal because so, it's yeah. a it's a passionate thing that they love. Like for me, me and my brothers, we play basketball. Ryan, I don't know if you know, but he's six seven. Yeah, we all yeah. kind of tell our guys we love basketball. Yeah, you met Ryan in person in yep. Phoenix, but um, we we love basketball. So for us, it's like when there's a basketball league, the brothers get together, we play together. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see it's a it's a passion thing where hey, I want my buddies to join my, this league with exactly me. text out to my buddies, and you guys you guys are really leveraging the technology in a way that's that's phenomenal because then I text the keyword in, I go through the conversation, I, I what is it like four or five steps, I answer a few questions and now yep. I'm in, in Infusionsoft, I'm fully registered, I'm yep. ready to rock and roll. And you're in our funnel. That's awesome. So you're in our you're in our sales funnel. And um, you know, the players will do it because, you know, we even send them a message saying, you know, hey, there's no such thing as a one man basketball team. Yeah. You know, text text this message to you know all the players you know you know and it's like if you if you play basketball you go to a gym you're gonna play with some guys yeah you know you're gonna know some guys we got your high school buddies you're already you're already texting each other saying hey what time are we playing today yeah exactly you, you know so uh it's just so much easier for them to say hey check this out text dunk cbl and get registered to play i just registered and i got, we, I got chills it. when you tell me your numbers that's amazing i mean just going yeah. from Last year, just doing all web-based registration. This year, doing a uh, majority of it text-based, and seeing that kind of response is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I just went out the roof, and um, you got to understand we were not. I mean, it wasn't. It's was a combination of things yeah, that definitely. we're that it's we're doing as well. Yeah, yeah. So we're but but even we're pushing our Facebook traffic to the number That's instead awesome. of saying click here. We got text. You know our our numbers right there, and we say text. You know, dunk CBL to this number and get registered for free. You know, <laughs> that's great. So, our, our our you know our demographic is you know our core demographic you know is is on the social media sites, the Facebook, the Twitter. Um, but then when we're able to engage them using you know the text message technology, man, it's just unbelievable. It's that's unbelievable, awesome. and it's and it's like you know. When we first launched Infusionsoft, I will say this about Infusionsoft when we very first got it and we started doing our campaign, Mm -hmm. we had to turn everything off. We had to turn off our our Facebook. We had to turn off, um, you know, all of our Twitter stuff. We we stopped sending the emails and all that kind of stuff because I was getting 
inundated with calls and I could not handle the volume of emails or calls and all this kind of stuff. And that's when I was telling you I had to step back and, and, you know, become an architect and say, okay, how do we Where's want this thing down? to work? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but, um, you know, once we had all that stuff in place and then we just turned everything back on, on, on January 5th and, and we added your technology to it and it's just, it's just going crazy. That's awesome. I'm so, so excited to hear that, that you guys are doing so well. And I, Excited to hear your progress after this season. Your season starts in May. In May, I'm excited. So we to hear run what 15 do. weeks. Yeah, we run 15 weeks during um, during the summer. So it'll go from like May to the third weekend in August. That's great. Well, I'm excited to hear the results of that, though. That's that's phenomenal. That you've been able to grow that quickly. Well, I want to ask you a final question before we wrap up here. All right. Um, and this this I love to ask of all entrepreneurs because. I think that we're a rare breed in that there's different things that motivate us than what motivates a lot of other people that are just happy to have a job. And I'm not, not knocking people who just like to be working for somebody else, but there's a there's a different attitude and emotion and feeling I can feel when I ask this question. And that and that's, Jamar, for you, what success principles would you say that um, were, were necessary or, or made it possible for you to have this growth and success in your life? Uh, I, I would say there's three of them. Number one, um, perseverance. You, you, in, in this entrepreneurial game, you got to have some perseverance because you're going to you're going to run into so many setbacks, so many letdowns. Um, you're going to get told so much, you know, from, you know, from customers to investors to you're going to just go through a whole bunch of things like that. So you got to have some perseverance about yourself and you got to understand that, you know, when you get into this entrepreneur game, you know, this is a marathon, you signing up for a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't understand. And I get this all the time and I'm, and myself, you know, was falling the victim to this and getting like seriously frustrated and wanting to quit. And, you know, just having those days because you pick up an ink magazine or Forbes or whatever, and you read about this entrepreneur that just went out and raised, you know, $5 million, you know, just like it was nothing, you know what I mean? And, you know, now they got a hundred million dollar company and all that kind of stuff. Well, those are the anomalies, you know, those are not the everyday entrepreneurs out here that's yeah, really yeah. grinding, really trying to, you know, get a business you know, going and, and getting market share and all that kind of stuff. Um, so perseverance is one. Um, the other one, the second one, I would say, you know, seek out mentors. That's that's, you know, the last three years has been huge for me because, you know, I started seeking out mentors, business mentors, and you got to go to the people that's been there, done that. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing to seek a mentor out and, and to, you know, want to, want to get some help. It's another thing to be a, a person that's ready to receive it. And a lot of times, you know, you run into entrepreneurs that, you know, they'll seek somebody out, but if you don't tell them what they want to hear, you know, they get upset with you. <laughs> and I've always been the one because I come from a basketball background and just being coached and, you know, you got to be coachable, yep. you know, and there's people out there that can help you, but you got to seek them out. And then you got to be open to receive their, their, you know, criticism. Cause some of my mentors, they, they, they told me some tough, tough things, <laughs> you know, they told me some tough things and, and um, thank God I was coachable and I listened to them and, you know, 
And I'm not saying everything that somebody is going to tell you from a mentor um, standpoint is always going to be right. Um, you know, your situation is your situation. There's no one way of being an entrepreneur and, and, and running a business and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, the only way is, is that you have to keep at it yeah. and you got to be able to listen. So that would be the second thing. The last thing I would say is failures, man. Failures is huge. And I go back to my basketball playing days and I'll just relate it like this. You know, my freshman year in high school, I played on a team. Um, you got to understand from sixth grade all the way up into ninth grade, I never lost a basketball game. Oh, really? You know, you know, <laughs> we, we never we never lost a game. And that, I got that sets up some up. false expectations, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 it sets you up. It really sets you up. So I got moved up my freshman year to varsity. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but my freshman team, they went 19 and 0 and the varsity team that year. I think we won five games. We were like five and and 21 or something like that. You know, we were horrible. We lost every imaginable way you can think of. We got blown out by 50. We got beat on a buzzer beater. We got, you know what I mean? Just all kind of things, but failure. So my point is this. Had I not learned, and, and one of the things my coach, you know, my coach taught me back in the day in high school and stuff is that you can't be a winner if you don't learn how to fail. Yeah. You know, it's part of the learn process. from your failures. Yeah. You learn from your failures. And, and when you learn from your failures, that's learning how to fail. Because at the end of the day, you're going to eventually be a winner if you do that. Yeah. You know, and so I, I you know, I, I, I take that because some people, they fail, um, at certain aspects of things that we failed at. I failed at a lot of things that we've tried to do with the business. We failed at it just flat out and didn't go, but you learn from it, you know, and if you can learn from it, you can get better. And so those would be my three things. And I love that. that. I love it. I love your three things there. So perseverance, which I definitely see in every entrepreneur, if you're not going to persevere, you're not going to make it. And and huge to seek out. Yeah. Not just perseverance, but stop looking for the quick, buck yeah the magic the magic uh yeah you know, gonna we carry started on. business yesterday <laughs> and we got a million today you know no that's not that's so not perseverance with, with real expectations i guess then and the second one yeah seek out mentors and be coachable that that for yeah. me and my brother has been huge in our success i mean we would not have had the success we've had in our businesses if it wasn't for our mentors especially in marketing and sales our, yeah. our marketing and sales mentors have been um what have really given us an advantage over a lot of other business owners that we compete with. And so I, I would say that that's definitely been a blessing for us. And then um, failure for sure. Every every entrepreneur knows failure, right? That's just part of the game. You should. You, you got to fail your way to success. But, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard it said by many different um, mentors of mine that um, you you should be pushing for more failure. I'm like, what is that? That doesn't even make sense. Why would I want to fail more? Right. And he says that means you're trying when you're pushing for more failures, that means that you're trying something new and you're trying to figure out a solution for something that could make a breakthrough for you. So failure is just one right. step closer to breakthrough. So try to fail more. And that, yeah. that's always been something stuck with me. You know what? I don't look at failure. Before, when I was younger in business, I would look at failure as a huge setback. And yeah. you know, now I look at it, I realize, you know what? That was awesome. That didn't work. What's next? <laughs> right. So right. I love you. And, and that's a tough... Yeah, it's a tough mindset to have, but it's it's I mean, seriously, it's it's really how you have to look at it, because what failure will do is, you know, it'll give you 
you know, paralysis of analysis. It'll give you the spirit of wanting to quit and give up, you know. So, so you really have to just, you know, really to compartmentalize what failure is, you know, and, and keep it in its place because it has a way of, you know, of taking you out. Yeah. If you don't look at it in the right perspective. So, yeah. yeah. You know what, Jamar? I've, I've really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for coming Likewise. on and being on this interview with us. I'm, I am looking forward to follow up to follow up with you on your uh, success this year and see how things turn out and excited to see how you leverage more of our uh, technology in your business. I've got a few ideas for you I'd like to share just in closing here. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, leveraging your registration process with text, text messaging is phenomenal. Um, there's also a couple of ways I think you can leverage. Um, with the one-click upsell software we talked about a second ago, that mm-hmm. we can get that to where you can do upsells of different bonuses or different add-ons to make them feel like they're a special. Because you know, there's a lot of people in your database that, for them, it's not about the money as much as the experience and creating right. a, a VIP-type experience for certain people. You can probably increase your revenue by 20 to 30% just by adding in a, an upsell, some sort of VIP experience for those people that want that special treatment. So there's yeah. an idea that maybe we could talk about offline. And the last thing is um, having a way in your um, tagging your database for those that are really have you can identify are really a high target for um, being influencers and adding mm-hmm. them to a call list and keep in contact with those influencers in your database more on a personal one-to-one relationship versus a mass message relationship. So that would be a huge one for you to find those uh, people of influence and keep a call list that you and your team members are actively using outbound calling to those influencers. Not Because you're not going to be able to call 20,000 people in your database. Right. That's that's not feasible with, the, with what you're trying to do, and it doesn't make sense. But some way having a way to identify your influencers. Um, and one of those might be, I don't know if, I just kind of came to mind. Have you used any of our funnel bots before? Uh, no. So with funnel bots, there's a funnel bot that's called the social bot. And what you can do is take the phone number or email address of everyone in your database. And mm-hmm. it runs it against all the social media profiles. And it'll give you um, their clout score as well. If you're familiar with clout, clout basically tracks all the social media sites and say, this person's an influencer in this industry. And so what we've done is our, our database, we take anyone that's a user of ours. And if they have mm-hmm. a high clout score, they're considered an influencer. So we want to connect more one-on-one with those users right, with in our those database. So, yeah. See, some, that we, we definitely need to leverage that because and – I, and I did that. And I did that. On, Ryan showed me how to do that on myself. So we did that when we yeah. very first met. He showed me that. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely do some follow-up. Like, again, again, it's not – what you know, these are all just ideas that down the road. And I don't want to, want to get confused thinking that – um, I'm telling Jamar he's going to do all these things at once. I, he might just identify, you know what, the one-click upsell and offering a VIP experience, that's my, my biggest priority. That's going to give me the best bang for the buck. Right. i get that done first, and then I can worry about this other stuff later. But definitely there's a lot of a lot of cool things that you're doing, and I'm really excited to see where that goes uh, the next year here. So thanks again, Jamar. appreciate yep, it. Thank you, Trent, and, and thank you, Ryan, for having me on, man. It's been a pleasure, and, and I enjoyed it as well. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Boom. Let's go out with the band.